VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the VHS Files podcast. Grab your werewolf friends. We're going to the compound to hang out with some werewolves. I got my buddy. He's hanging out over here. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw the intro, we had to transform back into our regular selves out of the werewolf form. It took 45 minutes. It did. It did. Enough time to run a marathon, have lunch, and some (laughs) other things. (laughs) And tonight we're bringing you a movie of the week. And tonight we're talking about Joe Dante's The Howling from 1981. And Jason... Mr. Werewolf guy over here and his werewolf friends decided uh, for Halloween and spooky season, we'd start watching some horror movies and we're starting with his favorite werewolf movie, The Howling. He can't stop talking about it. It's always, I want to do The Howling. I want to do The Howling. We're doing The Howling. Okay, shut up. I didn't say it was my favorite. Is this your favorite? Yeah. No, no, I never said it was my favorite. It is. I think if you're into werewolf movies, this is definitely a top five of all the ones that i mean no my favorite is the original 1941 lon cheney jr question since you brought that up sorry is there porn in that one <laughs> no not 1941 <laughs> oh, okay wasn't sure you know well i mean there might be some porn in this one but it's all animated yes <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> he must have missed that part yeah i guess he missed that part and i yeah i've been wanting to do the howling for a while i mean we've done american werewolf and we've done teen wolf uh, and uh, that other one, and and we talked about Monster Squad, which has the, a wolf man. No, in and it. the other one, Dog Soldiers, the British one. Oh dog yeah, soldiers. Dog Soldiers. Yeah, Dog Soldiers. Yeah. What is I it? Remember I, shit. And this guy, this hold on, this guy acts like he can't get his movies on here. <laughs> We've watched almost like virtually every move, every werewolf movie ever made. Somehow, <laughs> I do want to say that I just picked up Dog Soldiers on 4K, and it oh. looks. So much better than the 4K book. <laughs> it looks better than the YouTube we watched it on, or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, dude, it, you watch on Tubi or something. Yeah, it's I, bad on there, people. Yeah, well, the, yeah, even, it's dark. E- even the Scream Factory Blu-ray that came out that I watched when we did that episode looked terrible. And uh, I mean, I, I'll I, you know, Eric, I would love to show you some comparisons because you thought the Blu-ray might look better than what you watched it on on YouTube. And I disagree. Like the the Blu-ray does not look very good. Like it's it's been a bad transfer of that movie for ages. Yeah. But the 4K that just came out is immaculate. Like looks so much better. It looks like a completely different movie. So yeah. I'm excited to watch, to, to watch it again now that I can see it without all the grain yeah. and blurriness and darkness. <laughs> might might uh, might shed some light on things that I don't want to see, but hey, you know that's how 4K goes. You know, you want to see it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you want to see it. it. I want to see the werewolf pubes. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it is. Werewolf pubes. That's all Josh needs. Got to have the pubes, man. Big pube guy. Tonight we're talking about the Howling. Came out on March 13th in 1981, directed by Joe Dante, and uh, this was his uh, film right after Piranha in 1978, I believe. I had done one and a half movies <laughs> by this point, so I mean it wasn't exactly a, um, you know a great coup for them to get me. But on the other hand, I knew Bob Ramey, the guy who was running Afco Embassy at the time, because he had worked for Roger Corman as uh, in, in publicity. Since we knew each other. And I was extremely cheap. I um, 
was taken off of the movie that I was going to do, which was Jaws 3, People Zero at Universal, which uh, looked like it was, for various reasons, about to fall apart. It was I a few thought, years between Piranha and this, and it's funny, like, I, Joe Dante is like a prolific 80s director, even past the 80s, but you don't hear a lot of people talk about Joe Dante a ton, but he's got, you know, some of the most pop culture popular movies in his filmography. You know, he's got Gremlins, yeah. um, you know, The Burbs, and a, a slew of other movies. It's it's just crazy to me to think that Joe Dante did this, like, very, like, sexual horror movie early in his career, considering he's kind of gone more into family-friendly horror as he goes down the line. But, yeah, um, but yeah I was... I was Kind of shocked when I found out that Joe Dante directed this. So uh, what's everybody's first experience with The Howling? I know I, I didn't watch it a ton as a kid. Jason's probably seen it more than all of us. Eric, how about you? When was the first time you saw The Howling? Uh, as an adult, not when I watched it as a kid. Um, and uh, I don't know. I saw it once or once, I think maybe just once before this watch, actually. Um, probably 10 years ago or something and yeah. didn't remember a ton of it. Uh, that's about it. That's what I kind of come back to with this one as well. I know I've seen it multiple times, but it's not enough to really kind of hold on to what happens in the movie. Like every time I watch the howling, I forget about certain aspects of it. I forget about the serial killer aspect. And then the next time I watch it, I forget about the whole compound and everything. So it's not one that I watched over and over again as a kid. So that's why every time I come back to it, I'm just like, Whoa, I fucking forgot about that. But Jason, what is it about this movie that, you connect with other than the werewolves like it, it, why is this one of your top five werewolf movies well i mean if you're a werewolf like werewolf if you're people, a werewolf if you're if... a werewolf people movie <laughs> uh whatever you want to call it my people's out there uh the first thing is that when the human becomes a werewolf are they a werewolf we don't do this twilight shit where you just become a fucking wolf you know you want there to be a werewolf which is half human half wolf and it's the look not be it not the transformation part of it but the final and to me this stood out to me because this scared me as a kid the first time i saw it i mean i was young when i watched this because my mom liked this movie um mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact when i watched it this time i watched it with her and she's like damn i ain't seen this in forever and she forgot like you did forgot about a lot about it but uh, yeah but yeah i mean it's the the it stuck out to me i mean like american werewolf in london and stuff like that uh it's it, it does leave a lasting thing because it scared me. Uh, I mean, it looked like a like it was real. Like you could reach out and touch it. It did. It wasn't CGI. It, it wasn't like a robot or like I call the silver bullet werewolf. He looks like a gorilla with an elongated nose. Mm -hmm. You know, I that, that werewolf in that movie is horrible. But this right here is, I think that's what it, you got. Those few that stand out to you of what that's what a werewolf supposed to look like. Like kind of like the dog soldiers uh, werewolves. Those were memorable because. It was different, and this was different than American Werewolf. It was different than 1941 Lon Chaney, and it looked good. Yeah. And, of course, that transformation scene, that, you know, the two-hour transformation scene, <laughs> uh, it was great for 1981. I mean, yeah. you think about it. I mean, so. But that's why it sticks out to me the most, I think. It, it, was, it was frightening as a kid. If you weren't frightening watching that when Eddie's changing and then you see the final form or when it stands up, already like it's already in the, the office and stuff like that that's you take off running and hide behind the couch you're like where are my silver bullets i mean that's the point of the movie exactly that's what you're there for well that's one thing i'll i'll get to once we start talking about the movie but i'm i'm 
I'm a little shocked every time to realize that you see the werewolf in full form before you see a transformation of a werewolf, which is one thing I think is a little unique about this movie. And, um, you know, you're talking about dog soldiers and, and whatnot. Like, I really believe dog soldiers took some inspiration from this movie. Uh, because the, the wolves look very, very similar in, 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 in how tall they are, uh, the facial expressions, how long the ears are, all that stuff. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there's a couple of movies that have done that style of werewolf and, um, it's dog soldiers and another one that I can't think of the name of, um, you're talking about late phases. Yes. Late phases. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a really bizarre werewolf movie. Before we get into the talking about the movie, let's go ahead and go back to 1981. Eric, take us back in time. We're sending you back in time. Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, in 1981, the kids were totally twerking it out to hits like Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes and Lady by Kenny Rogers. Lady. Uh, lady. <laughs> moviegoers were fully shitting their pants with films like Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Road Warrior, and An American Werewolf in London. Ah. Ah. Road Warrior, the good Mad Max movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters actually visited Gilligan's Island in 1981. How'd they get off the island? I don't know. You'll have to watch it. But uh, <laughs> I didn't do that, delve that deep into I didn't watch the episode. Come on, man. You guys, you guys know what the Globetrotters do when they're finished urinating? Do I want to know? They dribble. The Harlem Shake. Ah. Oh. They don't dribble. <laughs> Jason, this is my segment. Okay. Keep your jokes to yourself. They're, dri they're dribbling from prostate problems. Yeah. <clears throat> Barbara Walters famously <laughs> asked Catherine Hepburn, "If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Uh, what kind of tree would you guys be if you were a tree?" Long. Just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> oh sorry moving on uh a man named Ga uh, daniel godwin scaled the outside of chicago's sears tower in 1980 uh speaking of climbing the other day i was driving by the prison i saw a, a dwarf climbing down the prison wall and i thought to myself wow that's a little condescending and finally, I know you guys will remember this classic commercial from 1981. Hit it, Josh. Oh, Paul, I like this haircut. It really shows off my... Ring around the collar. You've got ring around the collar. Those dirty rings. Sprays and powders weren't good enough, so I tried Whisk. Whisk does a better job on ring around the collar. And Whisk goes on to get your whole wash clean. Hi, Paul. Hi, oh, hey. Does everyone like your new look? Yep. It's called... No more ring around the collar. This gets ring around the collar and your whole Aww. wash clean. I don't know if I ever knew what ring around the collar was. I remember being confused by it as well. I'm like, what the fuck's a ring around the collar? I don't wear collars. It's when your collar gets grimy, you know, on your shirt, like after many wears. All right. Well, we brought up American Werewolf in London came out the same year as The Howling. And um, what a year for werewolves. Yeah, let me tell you. And I've. What's funny is Rick Baker, who did the effects for American Werewolf in London, originally started out on The Howling. He left. And, and he left to go work on American Werewolf in London. And then, lo and behold, another person we've talked about on this show many times, Rob Bottin. The thing about Rob Bottin was that he was, uh, he, it was and is a genius. And he was really getting a chance to show off here. So I think he took it 
extremely seriously. Uh, and he's a perfectionist, which is a tough thing to be when you're in his profession because, you know, there's time and there's money, and and that's you only have so much of either one of them. Rob Botine. 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 I like Botine. Isn't that that gravy with French fries? Botine. Oh, that's put Poutine. Poutine. Poutine, boy. <laughs> Rob Poutine is a different guy entirely. Yeah, Poutine he's legend. From... Poutine legend Rob Poutine. He's from Canada. Eh? From Canada. Yeah, eh? <laughs> Canadian special effects master <laughs> Rob Poutine. <laughs> oh, these effects are gravy. Cheesy. <laughs> Rob's totally going to stop listening to the show now. I know, right? Everybody, yeah, welcome he, our uh, guest, Rob Poutine, everybody. There he goes. Oh, uh, look, there he is. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's funny. I was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff with, uh, with him, and he's like, you know, they're talking about how he was kind of left to his own devices on this once. Uh, Rick Baker left. The freedom I had on the picture was really great because I was hired by, you know, Joe Dante and Mike Fennell, the uh, producer and the director. And um, they basically let me do whatever I want to. And that's really rare in this situation because I'm only 21. And who's going to, you know, trust a 21-year-old to pull off these big, you know, effects in this movie that's supposed to be really good? So they said, you know, do whatever you want to do as long as it's good and spectacular. And I think that's what it is, so... I think that kind of shines through a little bit when we start talking about some of the makeup effects because um, in that transformation scene, I think there's a little more going on than there needs to be, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, so I found that interesting that Rick Baker bailed on this to go work on arguably a better werewolf movie. <laughs> but uh, we start this off with, you know, all this background noise and whatnot. I love the title card reveal to this movie. And it reminds me, it reminds me of the of the reveal of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Like if you put those side by side, they look very similar. <laughs> Which Rick Baker worked on the werewolf effects for Michael Jackson's Thriller as well. But I always forget that this movie starts with this whole this the, the newscast the the newscaster yeah. following you know uh, taking calls from a serial killer and just sort of like trying to to nail him down with this sort of stakeout and trying to get him in a place where they can nail him down. Um, and let's talk about Miss D. Wallace, Scream Queen from the 80s, man. Like, D. D. Wallace was a peach in the 80s. I'm sorry, guys. I like, she, she, was, she was the it girl, like, right up there with Jamie Lee Curtis, I think. She's a beautiful woman, but uh, I, I don't love the performance in this movie. That's I didn't say anything say. about her performance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking about she's easy on the eyes. Yeah. And, sure. Sure, but you had to have that in the '80s. That's a staple in the '80s movies. You know, it's you gotta a staple have some... now, dude. I well, nothing's I changed. Know. I don't think there. Yeah, a little different now, maybe a little bit. We're more progressed now. Is that what you think? I think so. I don't know. But honestly, like the way this movie starts out with the whole staking out the serial killer and whatnot, like I find it a very interesting way to to introduce us to everything here. Yeah, there's a lot going on right away. I mean, it's it's almost like you're you're trying to catch up and figure out because things you know things are happening and they're about to go live and you're like trying to put. To, I do like this beginning where there's a lot of plot happening. Everyone's in a hurry. There's a sense of urgency. You're just thrown right into the situation mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Uh, and I do like that, although it can be slightly confusing on like a first time watch. Well, a first time watch for sure. And then the second time you watch, you start to catch things that you missed that first right. time. Um, and, it, you know, the guy talking and whatnot uh, to the to the other newscaster while they're trying to figure out how they can go live to her on the scene. And um, you get introduced to a lot of your characters right here. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, and, very uh, quickly. You get a, a doctor talking on television, just like I, I can't help but think of Night of the Living Dead. It's a great way to like lay out some, you know, exposition and lay out some rules and lay out some, you know. Yeah. And it's easy to for that to kind of get lost in the first watch on this because I remember sitting down and watching it the first time I was watching it for the sh- to do research for the show, like I wasn't even paying attention to what the guy was saying on the TV. Like I was just sort of trying to get into the movie, and then the second time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, this guy's involved. Why am I not paying attention to this guy?" Um, but I, I kind of like that they leave all that a little mysterious for anybody coming into this movie with fresh eyes, and. Um, but I, I, you know, the, the whole serial killer aspect is really what captivates me, though. It's like, you know, there's something up with this guy. He's weird. You, they won't show us his face. All we're getting is phone calls. It's very mysterious. It's in. It's it's not like any werewolf movie I've I've really seen start like this. Yeah, well, I mean, at the time you think about it, uh, all the werewolf movies you had seen previous are all set back in the old days you know like in england or london you know all that stuff like that and now we're getting a modern take on werewolves right here in 1981 yeah really quick because you've got this movie american werewolf in london and wolfen all in the same year damn so i haven't seen what year was uh teen wolf again that was later right 1980 believe or 85 was 84 85 i think yeah yeah Yeah. it was before uh Back to the future. People love the wolves, baby. People love wolves. You know, everything was set back then. You know, it's always a, a wooded area, a town here, you know, that's plagued by don't go outside during a full moon, all the old mythology. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. Yeah, stuff like that. But this one here, we're sitting in the middle of a city, and then you got the, following this reporter around, and it is it is a whole different tone it's even a different tone than american world in london because they're backpacking mm-hmm. through the countryside of europe and it definitely starts different but we eventually do have to migrate somewhere where it's a little more woodsy a little more yeah. recognizable for like a werewolf setting of a movie i honestly feel like the movie probably would be a lot more interesting had you kept it in the city because you don't really see that a whole lot now i know there are a ton of the howling sequels Oh God, yes, and they're horrible. And I a haven't, lot of them. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. I don't think. If I have, it's been bits and pieces. And I, I don't know what either. they. I don't know what they do with them in those movies. But I almost feel like you could have like kept this movie set in the city instead of this retreat they end up going to. I love watching older movies in the city. I love footage from the city in the seventies and the eighties. Like I love seeing that stuff. And her walking uh, down Skid Row and all the porno yeah, shops and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's just it, it 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 there it does feel like a bit of a time capsule. It's it's cool. Yeah. I like that beginning, for sure. Well, I was gonna say if you, you you know you guys were just nitpicking about the porn part, go watch part two. <laughs> you mentioned tone. I think the tone is kind of weird in this movie because you do have this sort of this start that's really like dark. Like you've got this serial killer and. He like makes her like watch this unsettling pornography. It's a snuff uh, film. I think he's actually doing it that to the girl that he, oh, he recorded I it. Re- I didn't realize that. Yep, um, because I think he was saying even you see the look on her face, uh, how she was. You know, he was ex- describing oh, what yeah. was happening to her. I think he actually shot it. I thought he was just laying down a commentary track for a snuff film. Is all he was. Or doing. he might have been, but I, I took it as though that he was involved with it. So. But yeah, you're in a dirty, dingy, you know, peep show porn store 
in there and he's all like right behind her with the, the deep heavy voice with the breathing going on you're like man this is gonna be some weird that, shit that shot where he's got his hands on her shoulders and you can't see his face he's yeah. like that's pretty scary it is like, she's like incredibly that. vulnerable in that position and he's kind of making her watch this thing like that is super dark and i actually that's like my favorite stuff in the movie even though i i don't you know that footage is like upsetting to look at but right oh yeah that is the most effective stuff i think when we get off and we're doing kind of the wicker man thing uh in the at this retreat or whatever it it gets more goofy there's like some kind of silly characters the sheriff uh the old man you got some you got some gags like you got some like some real gags going on like some stuff that feels like gremlins like i was gonna say you know it feels like gremlins that he directed after this yeah (laughs) i noticed the second time watching it just how many people are coming up to bill and saying you know your girl's really brave for doing this she's really brave for doing this and you've got quite a brave young lady there mr white she shouldn't be doing this. Like, what the no. fuck are we doing here? No, the whole operation is awful, too. Like, yeah. they lose track of her immediately as she's yeah, supposed to meet this guy. Working. What's the plan when she meets this guy? Right. Nobody knows where she is. They can't. It's it's a total disaster from the get go. And I, I guess she assumes they know where she is. So that's why she just continues to do whatever she like she goes into the thing and well i think that's what you're supposed know, she, to pick up from when bill kind of like lashes out at them and he's like you told me we'd never lose her and blah blah blah. i think she has faith in the police whereas the police are just a bunch of uh, nitwits who don't have it together oh the the neon is causing interruption with the signal <laughs> <You know? laughs> the neon do you think the whole Eddie serial killer thing gets kind of lost in this movie it does and for good reason they think they killed the guy I think he's dead, but not for long. I mean, we, we learned that he escapes the morgue pretty quickly. I just, it just feels like it's like end capped with it, but we don't really get a lot of Eddie. He does kind of get lost in the, in, you know, once we get to this retreat, like, you know, she goes, they shoot Eddie. Um, it's this whole big scene. She can't get over it. So the doctor that we see talking in the, in the news, Dr. Wagner suggests that she goes to this retreat that he's there. The colony. Yeah. The colony. And, uh, you know, I do like when they go into Eddie's apartment, they find all the drawings and whatnot. And they, oh, yeah, that's some cool shit. They find the seascape drawing and whatnot. And it's like, oh, we know that shit's coming back at some point. I like that aspect. But yeah, I agree with you, Eric. Like, it seems like that whole aspect of it just completely goes away once we get to the colony. And it's a completely different story until he comes back into it once we figure out he's still alive. And it doesn't really go anywhere. It just kind of leads us into this colony of werewolves. The and 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 everything slows way down once we get here. Everything is hopping, 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 crazy thing, and then it just goes boom when we take it down, and we're like, okay, now we're at this retreat, and it's kind of a different vibe, you know what I mean? And then now it's like, well, let's meet so and so, and let's meet the yeah. sheriff, and well, Slim Pickens, and let's meet <laughs> yeah, well, Slim Pickens. All right, you know? well, you guys <laughs> tell me this: what are some other movies where? Let's go on a retreat and be peaceful. And then all shit breaks loose. What are other movies like that? But I think that's what Eric and I are trying to say is like, it goes to a, to a place that we're familiar with and kind of familiar with that sort of a setup. I feel well, like not, not 1981. You weren't when you, oh, if you no. would have watched it back then you, you weren't now after that. Yes. <laughs> they ran that shit into the, 
Hey, let's send them somewhere where you don't think that the I don't be I don't really have a problem. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with that. I'm just saying tonally it changes a lot. She basically has PTSD from her mm-hmm. running with Eddie, and she she's even shutting out memories of. I mean, that was kind of like you, right, you were talking she's about got the hands amnesia. on there. You could hear his voice changing. You can even hear shit going on, gooey sounds before they yeah. shot him. Like something yeah. was about to happen, but you didn't see it, which I thought was a very cool aspect. They didn't throw it out there five yeah. minutes out of the movie. I do like that she maintains the 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 the, the aspect that she doesn't remember what happened, and which huh. is completely believable in that kind of a situation, I think. Like, you probably wouldn't remember some traumatic shit that just happened like that. Um, now, where we run into some issues is D. Wallace's performance of some of this is oh, kind of yeah. lackluster, um, especially when she's having the dreams and waking up from the dreams like... It, it's a little it's a little acted in my opinion yeah um but I mean I still like D Wallace in this I just think some of her choices that she makes in this movie are a little wonky it's almost like she wasn't like super into the role you know it's like she's not right for that like they're asking her to do too much yeah that, that she you know what I mean but, but <laughs> Bill is just a fucking cog in the wheel in this movie like eh, I don't really care for him at all. And I think you're, you just start to hate him as the movie goes on. Oh yeah. You really hate him later. I had notes where I was like, okay, he goes to this. First of all, he shouldn't have let her do this thing in the beginning. Does he, is he like under some kind of spell? She gives him the punch. Uh, sorry. I'm talking about, uh, what's her name? Marsha here. Marsha, the nymphomaniac. He's, <laughs> is he under her spell or is he just like, a horny dude no it's animal magnetism dude that's, that's what i'm a- i'm honestly asking yeah is is he like he's a he's a victim in this is what i'm asking is he yeah. is he a victim or is he an asshole well that's the thing i mean you think about it you know um you want to deal with the old mythology of things you know like the vampires can give you the look and right you're they can take it under their control yeah and supposedly i mean like in teen wolf he becomes a teen wolf he gets the hot girl in school because she's attracted to him because he's cool and he's oh, him. But I think yeah. it's more of an animal magnetism, like a pheromone thing pheromone that they thing, put out. Yeah. You know, it deals with your primal yeah, self. That's... And that's probably what he's getting a hold of is he's like, damn. You I know, kinda, she, yeah. she is walking around with pretty much everything hanging out. and she's Well, yeah, she's throwing hot. herself at him. But so. uh, but yeah, I mean, just the way he behaves once they get to the place is not great. And I was just curious yeah, I'm thinking, you know, is it that? Is it some kind of werewolf like seduction magic or pheromone? Well, what I find funny is he's on more than one occasion, he's like, oh, I stay away from meat. Yet he's like chomping <laughs> at the bit to go shoot animals and shit. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of mixed, mixed signals we're getting there. And then, like, once he gets bit, of course, all of that changes. But. I found it kind of weird that they decided to pull this whole I, I stay away from meat. I know it's to develop the story, but it's just still kind of jarring. It is he, funny for him to go hunting immediately after that. Yeah. yeah and just yeah. like be all into the fact like he's he runs like a little kid to collect that rabbit. Like, oh, oh, I shot Look a rabbit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you see all the other guys. <laughs> right. Like, he's like the little kid from Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you city slicker. You don't know what you're talking about. Shit. This is off topic, but have you guys seen men? Either of you? I have. You have? I want to. I I thought of men in this, too. Uh, A woman that um, goes somewhere to process a a trauma Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, finds 
more trouble and and has some amnesia type not amnesia but you know is like trying to deal with the memory kind of a thing yeah it, it i think it borrows from this you're talking about the stupid stuff that karen does the total horror movie trope thing is i hear a noise outside let's go the fuck outside in the middle of the woods in the dark yeah with the fucking shitty ass flashlight yeah that or, later yeah. comes <laughs> Let's and then walk. she gets the rifle and goes out at, later. Yeah, and I'm like, so she's like all putting herself in danger constantly. Yeah, I mean, unnecessary. Look what you just dealt with this thing. You know, she's obviously suffering from PTSD. But I will walk through the woods in the dark anytime. Nothing bad's gonna happen to me out here. Really? Come on, D. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in enough horror movies. You should know the, the yeah, difference. Yeah, come on. You've been in come Cujo on, D. Wallace. Else. What's it with her and canine? Right. <laughs> expecting Werewolves a Saint, and a big a, ass dog. A Saint Bernard to come up and tackle her at any moment. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that she's so willing to to put herself out there in those situations. It's like, you know, maybe it wasn't all Bill that, you know, was responsible for putting her in the position with going to find Eddie and all that stuff. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just really weird. And then we get introduced to, you know, there's, there's Marsha the Nymphomaniac and her brother. What's the brother's TC? name? TC. TC. That dude's fucking weird. Well, you know that right off the bat. You look at both of them. They're both dressed in like old clothes, like leather. He's got the big leather jacket with the big fluff. You know, right. on she's the, got on like beads thing. and like teeth yes. and stuff so him, on her yeah. necklace. You, 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 yeah. You know that, you know, there's something up with them. They're country or, folk. Or they're from, like, you know, Dothan, Alabama or something. I don't know. Besides, who needs dogs? We got TC. That boy's part blood out. But I, I think they kind of try to give you a little bit of a red herring with him as well, because the first time we see any inkling of Eddie in this movie, he's talking on the phone to Karen, and he, he like, licks his lips all gross-like. <laughs> Like a dog would. Yeah, and then we see TC do the same thing. Like when he sees her walking <laughs> around the compound, he's kind of licking his lips and looking yeah, all. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I love when Bill shoots there. the rabbit. He's like, my sister would be glad to cook it up for you. Marsha just loves to cook. He seems like he should be a character in like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something. Yeah, I was going to say, or Road Warrior. Yeah, yep. he, we got a, right fer in a feral kid in, in Road Warrior, too. Just put this guy right in there. I mean, really and truly, when that part happens, somebody needs to go in and put in a banjo <laughs> right there with him in the tree. Dude, it would fit perfect. We got deliverance going on in a horror movie. And Bill doesn't question it. Again, I'm wondering oh, if no. he's still under the spell or he's like, oh, I'll go to this weird shack in the woods in the middle of the night. And this lady who, you know, this lady will cook this rabbit for me. What? What? Well, you got two things. Okay, if you got the whole Marsha animal magic, but you also got to remember his wife. I think they're married because they said that he didn't. She doesn't have his name. She kept her professional. Yeah, she name kept her. Something. She yeah, she uses right. It's a running so gag yeah. in the thing. Yeah, so they're married, but you know, remember she shutting him out of the bedroom time action because she's for like, no, one day or something. No, no, but it could have been going. We don't know exactly how long it took between there and there, but you know, man, Hey man, he, he has man. He has needs. Maybe he was, they were getting it every night, man. They're like newlyweds. It's two to three times a day on the, on the weekends. <laughs> I don't and know. You know he ain't getting any. God. So he's all backed up, man. And he got this hot chick hitting on him. He's like, shit. So does she, what do you think she smells like? Marsha? Probably not good. I'm going to guess. Like a, wet, like a wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's wrong, man. <laughs> yeah, she's uh you want to talk about D Wallace not being good. Oh. <laughs> she's pretty Marsha Elizabeth Brooks is pretty bad. I worse, I might I say. <laughs> you know who she reminded me of in this? The girl from fucking Wild Things, uh Denise Richards. She reminds me of Denise oh, Richards. Yeah. So yeah. Much. She just comes across as ditzy a little bit. And not that's like why. Got some kind of mastermind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not some kind of like leader of the werewolves. She comes across as like a ditzy, like yeah. model or something. She doesn't seem threatening, really. And um, it's hard to pick up on there because it seems like the doctor knows that she's this feral beast. And he's. it seems like he's trying to tame her. It, it, they don't make it clear on exactly what they're trying to do on this compound. I thought they did. Hang out with their werewolf friends. <laughs> like We can fit in, you said. We can live with them. You make me sick. Masha. Oh, you're through, Doc. It's the argument you get with a lot of vampire movies. We're the top of the food chain. We should rule everything. No, we should stay in the shadows. So uh, Dr. Thing. Wagner is like, we have to live among them and hunt carefully. And, you know, we can use this uh, this compound to bring into our ranks and things like that carefully and slowly. She wants to just go buck wild. She wants to run naked on the beach and eat people in the woods, man. Who wouldn't? So do you think Eddie was a pawn like placed in in the city to draw these people in like no. It seems very convenient that all of these characters are in the the newsroom when all this shit's going down, and then Eddie's connected to the whole thing. Like, well, all the, of that the connection seems really is Doctor Wagner. Doctor yeah. Wagner is the thing that ties them all together. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. We don't get an answer. Uh, I don't think of of why Eddie's there. It was it just is is Wagner working in the city trying to? If you if you listen to Wagner's points in the beginning of the film. He's kind of defending the thought of being using your animal instinct. As if we'd lost something valuable in our long evolution into civilized human beings. Now, there's a good reason for this. Man is a combination of the learned and the instinctive, the sophisticated and the primitive. We should never try to deny the beast, the animal within us. I, I think my read of it is... Eddie wouldn't stay in the woods. The the Marsha, Eddie, and TK or whatever don't want to listen to TC. Don't, <laughs> don't want to <laughs> listen to Doctor Wagner, and that's where things go sideways because Eddie couldn't be kept in the woods. He that's he, what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm exactly that's exactly what I was going to go with. It's just like he's tired of Doctor Wagner telling him what they need to do and, and feed on the cattle, and let's just learn about their society and work our ways in. And they're like, fuck it, dude. It's a smorgasbord in town. Right. There's so, so many so Wagner people. Wagner is, is knock... playing cleanup. He's trying to go, okay, she's she's seen him. We need to bring her in. Yeah, that's what. That's why he yeah. makes her go there. Is yeah. He's like, fuck, we're found out. But if we take her there, we can. she can either become one of us or she can be fucking 7 p.m. dinner. So huh. one of the two. And that's the whole thing, I think. I think Eddie yeah, just tired I, I of think being Wagner tied down. is trying to clean up the mess that Eddie makes. I just it it seems very convenient that he's on the news show that's covering this serial killer search. It is. And it is indeed. And it just, you know, 
they don't really give you a good you know reasoning behind. I mean, you can put that together like you guys just did, I guess. But it's just kind of weird to, to to find out that he's connected to everything that's happening, even the serial killer stuff. I feel like you know? this movie would benefit from keeping it focused on maybe who that person was in the porn box. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and and maybe we get a reveal at the end. Maybe we meet Eddie as a person in at the colony, and we get a reveal that that's who it was in the box. I, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that would kind of tie everything together because it does feel like kind of two different movies. You've got All right, well, that. we we need to get Eric in touch with Netflix because supposedly Netflix is remaking this. Oh yeah. Well, that brings me to the point that I was going to make is I think this is a prime candidate for a remake. Like I think you could do something really cool with a lot of the aspects of this movie. I just think in '81 they did the best they could with it, and it and it it does come across very dated now. Yeah. Um, but I think. I, I think the story that you've got going on in this movie is very interesting and captivating. I think the story in the beginning, yeah, is is where it's all at. the The serial killer that's a werewolf. That's cool. Yeah, that's I do. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. You could keep it in the city and then maybe work it in instead of going all the way out to the colony. You work it into suburbia. Don't take yeah. it all the way out to the woods. Just kind of. He's killing in the city, but he's living. He's the next door neighbor. Suburbia. Well, then you got then then you got Fright Night territory. You're working into. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying he's in the city, but he's like. I mean, but I'm just saying that's who he was. Then they say you no. Know, he's like he, somebody in the city finds him out. Then he goes and starts hunting them yeah. down in the suburbia, and then. But you never know. You don't. You got to wait to get that reveal. None of this. You knew that Jerry was the vampire pretty quick in Fright Night and stuff like that. You know, you gotta, well, when you see him carrying a coffin into the fucking basement of his house, you kind of assume that he's a fucking exactly. vampire. Uh, but no, like, we were so obsessed in, in the early 80s and early movies with needing to supply everyone with an answer to questions. And, like, it was not common to get a very, like, open-ended movie and whatnot um, back in the 80s and 70s and everything. And... I think, you know, the more ambiguous you could leave this story, the more captivating it would be. And yeah, Eric, you make a, a great point of like, don't tell us who Eddie is. Don't show us who Eddie is and reveal that at the end. That would have been a much better movie, I think. Yeah. I mean, if you had the werewolf just killing people and killing people and then they finally take him out. Yeah. He changes back to Eddie. Yeah. And now we know who he is. But never let you know who it is. It's and it can be like the whole scream thing. Everybody's a suspect. <laughs> and it feels like they try to do that a little bit, but it gets lost in the shuffle with everything. So. But like in most 80 movies, you know, you got to have some exposition. And we get that from our good buddy Dick Miller about right here. We've been going back and forth with everybody in the colony. A classic werewolf could change shape anytime it wants, day and night, whenever it takes a notion to. That's why I call them shapeshifters. I got a dozen books on it. Well, while we're talking about actors, let's go ahead and do Almost Famous. Almost Famous. I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. Haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's his that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. What I find really fun about this movie is I, I'm noticing all these people, a lot of them from Gremlins, but... Piranha. <laughs> well, Piranha, Gremlins. And the thing is, is like a lot of the people in this movie have worked with Joe Dante on like most of his movies. 
he, yes. he's he's kind of like Tarantino and and like Spielberg. Like when he finds a group of people that he likes to work with, Dick Miller is there. <laughs> yes, Dick Miller. <laughs> and what's funny is Dick Miller plays the same character. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually the same character in this and in Gremlins and in like the Terminator. Like in the Terminator, he's just the guy giving the Terminator all the information about the guns. In this, he's giving them all the information about werewolves. He's just there to lay down exposition for the audience, basically, in all the movies he's in. <laughs> killing it with silver bullets. Well, sure. Silver bullets are fire. It's the only way to get rid of the damn things. They're worse than cockroaches. You gotta watch out for the foreigners because they plant gremlins in their machinery. That's the same gremlins brought down our planes in the big one. Big. I mean, close early today. There's a 15-day wait on the handguns, but the rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Wrong. He's just Speak a fun presence, though. Like, oh, yeah. it's fun that he's yeah. there. Yeah. Speaking of that being in the same... Did you realize that we do have a character in this movie that is the same character in Gremlins? No, I did not. The news commentator, Lou, is the same news commentator that's in Gremlins. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. reports concerning little green men. Yeah. And he's also the vice principal from Teen Wolf. That's right. That's right. That's right, Lou. Lou. I knew that dude looked familiar. I love when they cut to that guy and he's in the he's looking in the mirror practicing his new yeah. stuff and then his his whole demeanor changes when Bill comes into the bathroom and he's like got this country oh. accent. Linketty with a recent string of feet. Hi, Bill. That's a brave little old girl you got there. I actually did some research here. Uh, Dick Miller has been in all but two of John, uh, Joe Dante's movies. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think they were. I think Dick Miller might have passed away, and that's why he wasn't in the last couple that he was in or that he directed. But yeah, it was just two movies out of Joe, Joe, Joe Dante's entire filmography that Dick Miller has not been in. I, I found that pretty interesting. That's cool. Um, but you've got Terry, the 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 other person from the TV, uh, Karen's friend, mm -hmm. uh, who's kind of doing the investigation with her with her husband or boyfriend. They don't really make that clear. I think it's her boyfriend, I think uh, Chris. Just boyfriend girlfriend, yeah. But uh, I recognized her from Gremlins as well. She has a very bit part, but she's one, the lady that walks up to Mrs. Deagle and is talking to about how like her husband lost his job, they can't pay their rent, and yeah. Mrs. Deagle mm -hmm. is just a complete bitch to her. Um, so I, I recognized her from that. Uh, who, who do you guys have for Almost Famous? Well, I've got Kevin McCarthy. Uh, dude was on loads of television, of course, and um, just dropped my pen. He's in uh, UHF inner space uh lots of lots of television around Twilight that time Zone that was a, yeah yeah and and that was a guy that i was used to seeing just kind of everywhere in the 80s noble willingham also i seen you on television you know from walker texas ranger is all i ever think of just because that was always on tv as a kid but city slickers last city Boy slickers Scout. that was on tv um, the other day i remember yeah uh, also lots of television, Matlock. Good morning, uh, Vietnam. Home He's Improvement. A yeah. Murder, She Wrote. Walker, Texas Ranger, though, is really <laughs> what you think of. You're talking about the guy who played Shelly in uh, The Last Boy Scout, right? Yeah. The guy who owned the football uh... team. Yes. Hill, yeah. yeah. He's he's Charlie or whatever his name is in this. I just realized uh, Eddie was Robert Picardo. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. You didn't know that? No, I... <laughs> Are you making fun of me? Yes, I'm making fun of <laughs> you. Oh, he was in Star Trek Voyager. He was the doctor. Computer. K-1. 
Can I access this ship's EMH program, or do I need some kind of clearance for that too? Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Dude, well, he's in a lot uh, of stuff. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's a character actor, been a lot of stuff. That's I I know mostly from Voyager, but uh, let's see. Back to school, Inner Space, Nine Seven Six, Evil, The Burbs, Gremlins Two, Total Recall, Small Soldiers, Wonder Years, China Beast, Stargate Atlantis, and so on. Yeah, <laughs> but most importantly, Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> That's only in Europe because you're one of the weird Trekkie people. So we're Star Wars here, buddy. Well, Picardo you. and McCarthy are also people that I know from Inner Space. I watched Inner Space. Yes, I, I watched Inner Space a ton as a kid and. Like that's where I recognized most of these people from. Uh, Picardo uh, played the the cowboy in that. And then McCarthy was one of the, like the evil henchman guy, or not yep. the henchman, but like the big bad of the movie. And um, so that's where I recognized them from. There's also Dennis Dugan who plays Chris Holleran. Uh, he's in a lot of. Um, like oh, Adam yeah. Sandler movies and whatnot. No, the reason is is because he directs them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he directed all the like grown-ups and all that stuff. All the Happy, Happy Gilmore, Gilmore, Big yeah, Daddy. He directed all that. There's there's a lot of people in this movie. For I mean, you know, thinking of movies from '81. Yeah. Uh, you know, and usually how, you know how popular uh, they were in '81. We don't know, but I mean, they've a lot of these actors have obviously gotten to a point where we've recognized them over the years. So. Hey, yeah, uh, mostly our, through television. The I character Earl was John Carradine. That's David Carradine's dad. Yeah. Mr. Okay. David Carradine from Kung Fu, the TV show. And he was in Bad Guy, I think, in the Chuck Norris movie. He's been a bad guy a lot. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Another Gremlins one, uh, too, is the older police officer in the beginning. Uh, the Not the one that shoots Eddie, but the older guy. Yeah. He is in Gremlins. He's the guy in the gas station that he gives the smokeless ashtray to. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. That little that little tidbit is perfect for this segment. Yeah. 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 So I yeah. you know, I I saw the first time I watched the movie, I was like, I know that fucking dude from something, but I couldn't place it. And then the second time I was like, that's where I know that motherfucker from. <laughs> yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> you know that guy from that movie? So that's yeah. we're, we're gonna we don't know we don't know that guy's name right off the top of my, uh, I don't know his name right off the top of my head anyway but I'm giving him almost famous in my opinion. What do you guys think? Oh, uh, I'm going Picardo. I'm going Picardo. Yeah, I I like Picardo too. I'm gonna do that. Jean Luc Picardo. <laughs> I'm sure someone's made that joke before. <laughs> oh God! But we obviously can't give it to Dick Miller. He's uh, he's already won numerous times. I think Kevin yeah. McCarthy too. I, is, is yeah. a face that I just saw all the time. I'm sure he was just I I didn't look at everything he was. Did in, that but. dude ever play a Bond villain? Like he seems like the perfect guy to play a Bond. He's villain. always the corporate sleazeball yeah. or the you know yeah he's. Uh, hey wait hold on hold on a second. Speaking of Bond, uh oh, we have a guy that was in a Bond movie, and it was I believe Doctor Sam Wagner, A View to a Kill. Oh, I, you know, I did see that on Wikipedia. We should have mentioned him. Around. He's another familiar face, uh, yeah. you know, from the from the eighties. Like he did a lot of TV as well. Um, yeah. So um, I remember him from Waxwork. Do you remember that, Josh? I've never seen Waxwork. What the hell? Yeah. I just don't know you. No Iron Eagle. No Waxwork. I don't know. He's you. in Waxwork too. I watch good well. movies, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I was going to say back to Dick Miller because we're to the part we get to the occult store. Like yeah. we were mentioned earlier with Dick Miller, you got to have the exposition of what they're dealing with because somebody's got to tell these city folk that there's obviously something supernatural going on. And we get Chris and Terry in the store and he lays it out because they automatically go to start talking about werewolves and witches and shit. You believe in this? What am I, an idiot? I'm making a buck here. You want books? I got books. I got chicken blood. I got dog embryos. I got black candles. I got wolf pain. Look at this. Silver bullets. Some joker ordered them. 3006. Never picked them up. You you will always find what you're looking for in an 80s bookstore. Like you could solve immediately. You walk in, you're like, I need to know about this crazy demon from 19 or sorry, from like the medieval times on this crazy weird island. They go, Oh, yeah, we've got the book right here. Slide, slide, beep, beep, boop. Here you go. Uh, the thing that's crazy is now that information is right, right here. Now you have the internet and you can't find, find shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> but an 80s bookstore, everything. Yeah, everything. They got what you need. I love how matter of fact he is and how like, the guys are really serious with him and he seems like he's being serious with them, but he's like, come on, man. Like you're going to pay me or what? Like he's just telling these people some shit that he's read in these books and just like, give me your money, pay for your books and get the hell out of my store. <laughs> yeah. And, and he I just do... happens to have some silver bullets laying around. That's, That's the weirdest thing. thing. I'm like, yeah, they're <laughs> just sitting here on the counter, silver bullets. You he know. says somebody ordered them and never picked them up. Like who's yeah. going to, I'm going to go into Barnes and Noble tomorrow and be like, Hey, I need uh, this book and I need a uh, pack of fucking 30 out six bullets. <laughs> You know, like that, that was the eighties. You could get bullets and books in the same stores. I just want to point out the fact that Josh named a bullet and it was correct. <laughs> Good job, Josh. I mean, his last name is Browning. The thing is too, in this throughout the, all the way back from when it was only talk about werewolves in books to the movies in the early days. So now the mythology always changes and they change it in this movie too. Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bang blooms and the autumn moon is bright. And this, it says, werewolves can change any time they want to. Well, that's part of what I mean by Dick Miller's delivery of that. It's just like he's like, oh, no, they're shapeshifters. They can do it any time. Like, he's so matter of fact about it. Like, what are you? Are you stupid? You don't know anything about werewolves? Come on. Come on. You know? It's, yeah, he basically says, don't worry about it. Just yeah. have a good time. Don't worry about it to the listener don't worry about the rules or what's it just, just but at least they it. do do the silver bullet silver bullet is the only way you yep. can kill them you yeah. have to and they and i love we get it in here well that and they can regenerate and the, tell me if that's not a setup for something that happens just not right. even a little bit later later in the movie and you're like huh i wonder what they were going to do with this i mean even well then you know we mentioned the police officers being inept just like most police officers are inept in 80s movies and you know uh chris and uh terry kind of become the police officers of this, of this movie like they work for a tv station yet they're the ones doing all the detective work here they go to the morgue to see eddie's body and lo and behold it's gone okay and i want to point out something about that the guy working in the morgue, you know, I love how he knocks on the door. Hey, you got visitors, Eddie, you know, <laughs> and he opens it up. The sheet is totally torn up and there are claw and puncture wounds in a stainless steel door. And he just kind of looks at it like, oh, oh, that's peculiar. Got him. <laughs> yeah. It, it's oh, no. very clear that it was Don't broken out it. of. 
Yeah, not opened, but from inside out. Yeah, right. And yeah, and he just like, oh, okay, whatever. And even Chris and Terry are like, oh, oh, that's it. There's big, you know, puncture wounds and claw marks in the door. Oh, it's no big deal. The guy that just had long fingernails. I mean, yeah. in in their defense, Chris and Terry do shortly come around to the idea that it might be werewolves or shapeshifters yeah. pretty quickly, whereas most people would be like. No way. You know. Well, Dick Miller's character was so convincing that they were like, oh, well, it has yeah. to be werewolves. <laughs> you know? uh, I, I also it's another thing in the 80s. And I think they still do it now where like the people who work in the morgue are so uh, jaded about what they do. That they they, just oh, have they always have a sandwich. I'm going to say Friday the 13th, throw the sandwich on the body. Yeah. Everyone's Whatever. got a, every every guy working in the morgue has a sandwich. Always lunchtime, eating a snack. That's the yeah. last thing I'd want to do. I'm gonna go a, go get a bite of my cold cut trio while I'm operating on this dead body. Yeah, while they're flayed open and it, they look like a cold cut trio. My like, dad used to work at a funeral home, and he he had to work night shift at a funeral home sometimes oh, no. and wait for calls. And he would go pick up bodies if people died and wow. did pick up bodies. And he would have to sit in a, a and he was like 19. With like no no training whatsoever, like going and picking up bodies and bringing them back to the morgue in the middle of the night. How's I that mean, for a job? <laughs> how, how did your dad walk with the those balls that big? <laughs> <in 19? laughs> Ain't no way I'm doing that at 19. Gonna go. Oh, that, I yeah. gotta run out here and go pick up this body from this four pile. That honestly sounds pile up. That know. sounds like the setup for a nice 80s fucking zombie movie. To be honest yeah, with you, it does. <laughs> It does. Uh, yeah, he's got some gnarly stories, you know. Um, but yeah, it does desensitize you a, a bit, I guess. I don't know. I don't think my dad ever ate a sandwich off a dead body, but yeah, I think I probably think not. You I'm should ask your not. dad, hey, when you were doing that, did you ever just crave eating a sandwich? Why you, you ever eat a sandwich with lettuce and tomato? <laughs> When you, order, when, you, when you order a sub sandwich from Publix, does it take you back to when you're picking up dead bodies when you're 19 years old? I just want to know, when you were filling out the paperwork, did you ever lay your sandwich on the body that was on there? On the body. I, I need to know bite. this. We need to know if this really happens, because it happens yeah. in every horror movie that involves a morgue. But while we're figuring out that there's werewolves in this movie, Bill, after he shoots his rabbit, has an encounter in the woods and gets bit by something something yeah it just mm -hmm. jumped out at it and that's the thing i want to all right i had to go back and watch it i could never really see it bite his arm it looked like it scratched that's I what like, i was thinking i don't remember it biting him in the arm i thought it was just a, like a scratch or something but maybe i mean it's kind of so only when all that bite, happens only a bite will turn you is no, that I'm, the rule well, well, no, because supposedly you scratch could be scratched too and stuff like that. But mostly it's the bite, it's the saliva. Bill just got bitten by a wolf. Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. What if, now just, you know, we've gone through COVID. We've learned a lot about transmission of things. Yeah. You got the bite, right? That makes sense. It bites. You got saliva. Mm -hmm. Gets in there. Scratch. Okay. Claws mm -hmm. might transfer yeah, like, something. What if they there? were picking your teeth or their butt, and then it got in a scratch? What if a wolf spit in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. He's I don't want to go there. I really want to go there. I'm not doing it. <laughs> if you're if you're having, you know, like the 
Where you know, like the spit my mouth. It, you know, like the. <laughs> you know the things where like the the the, the oh. visual, visual visualizations that they would give us during covid where like someone sneezed yeah. and like this right. big like all the mist comes out of a mouth like if 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 marcia sneezed at the at the cookout at the barbecue and it got in like their eyes like which they turn into werewolves just from a sneeze in the eye I don't man, know. No, you're getting deep, man. Not... I'm just curious. My question is is who bit him? Was it Marsha or T T TC? What's his name? TC. Gosh. TC. Yeah. It, do you know, Jason? Is it TC? I don't think or... I, I don't know. Oh. I thought I always thought it was Marsha just cuz he ran from her, so. Well, just because she's like going after him the entire right, movie, right. You know, I just like, assumed it was, was Marsha, but And she know. wanted him so that Could she be knows Eddie. the one way she can't have him is turn him because yeah. he's going to come to her. He's going to come now... on her too. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, gonna make Joshua, gonna ha- uh, make up some little uh, wolf wolf cubs. Stop it now! Now, when they, you know when they do meet each other in the woods and have their little sexy time, I do think that their initial changing as this stuff is you know getting hot and heavy is is kind of cool looking to watch them kind of change while they're you know having sex, but then it then it cuts to this. That animation Awful shit. fucking animation of them fucking by a fire campfire. It's, and, you, it's, and you can just see him on top and he goes, oh, like that. And his mouth gets bigger and stuff. And then it just, uh, oh. When it came time to do the werewolf transformations during the love scene, it was quite apparent that we weren't going to be able to afford to do that in any other way than animation. Which suggests a little more obviously than I would have liked that they've actually turned into wolves. You don't need it. It you doesn't don't. need to be there. Cut to a, a shot of the moon with a howl. That's yeah. all you need. You don't have to make that animation. You don't have to show that. No, you could cut that out and it would make the movie better. Yeah, there's another moment later that's kind of like that. That so looks the stop motion one. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, I I I get that. I mean, this is in a time in film where and in horror where like it's all about the effects, right? Like it's all about like what are we gonna see that kind of stuff? Like what right. can you pull off with these effects? Uh. Yeah, I, I I would have preferred a shot of the moon with some howling. That's fine with me. Uh, but, you know, it's all right. A lot of bladders. A lot of bladders. Maybe too many bladders. I don't know why people's face... I mean, I love bladders. Don't get me wrong. But, I like, their faces balloon into almost, like, kind of comical. And, again, maybe that's on purpose. Uh, you know, there's some humor in this movie. I mean, there's... Eddie's transformation, which we haven't gotten to yet, but there's moments of that that look silly. Like his face is like halfway between and he looks ridiculous. Like, um, well, there's a lot know. I have there's, to say about the transformation. are all bubbling and getting <laughs> crazy and stuff. And I don't well, know. Before we get to him, though, we have, you know, uh, Terry doing yeah, her. Terry and Chris are now here. They're, yeah, they're in the colony. Well, no, Terry comes and Chris oh, yeah, stays right. behind. Yeah, Terry come, yeah, right. uh, but stays. Terry has started to figure all this shit out. She pulls the picture up of the drawing that the guy did. She finds the cove that he was drawing. I like that, by the way. That's I cool. like the, the drawing payoff with the mm-hmm. cove. That's good shit. And that's and, when she knows, holy shit, Eddie was right here when yeah, he drew yep. that. Yep. And, and then uh, you know. Oh and shit. the whole debacle with her at the, uh, I guess it's the medical facility on the compound and whatnot, trying to call no, Chris. No, no. Before that, I don't want to skip before that. There's a whole scenario of her running to that cabin in the woods before that. 
and I guess that was Eddie's, that's where Eddie was at the compound. Like, that's all his shit there. And I'm guessing right. he and TC were bunking, you know, like bunk mates or something. I, I guess so. And they do, that whole setup, too, is a, is a, a whole uh, Little Red Riding Hood where she's wandering through the woods and you hear the little thing in the background and then she goes into that. I I, I got total Little Red Riding Hood vibes of there. The, no, the I didn't wolf. think about that. I didn't even yeah. pick up on Did that. Did she, like, yeah. try different chairs or beds or anything? No, that's... Did she uh, eat I, any oatmeal? I... That's Goldilocks, dumbass. Or whatever name is. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, you're saying real? <laughs> this is a rough night for me, you guys. Uh, little Red Riding it. Okay, so yeah. she's she, going to grandmother's wearing, house. <laughs> what? Yeah, grandmother's house. Uh, wolf dressed up like. Uh, it's kind of more the other one, I think. No, I'm just saying she's wandering through the woods by herself. Yeah. You got the wolves lurking. She yeah. goes into a house. Uh huh. And there it is, is Eddie. And I was waiting for Eddie to jump out gr- dressed as grandma. And that would have been a payoff. Yeah, yeah. Gra- dressed as grandma. Well, I, I yeah. love her whole interaction with this mysterious wolf that starts chasing her here. And the whole hacking the arm off. The and arm, then watching the arm it transform. That was cool. The, yeah, like the effects there are great. Like I love that whole scene with him yep. coming after her, her chopping the arm off. Like all that's great. I mean, even so, the wolf looks good. That's the thing is we've seen some of the wolf here, and it looks great. It does look arm good. And everything. And a fully formed wolf in the daytime at that, like, yeah, they they put it on display pretty pretty blatantly, and like, you don't really see that in werewolf movies either. It's always kind of a lead up, and then you have this transformation into the wolf and whatnot. Like, they give you a glimpse of this of the werewolves before you get to see who who they are transforming into them, yeah. which I thought was really kind of ballsy. For, for a movie that's trying to keep it mysterious like that, you know? Well, and I did like the fact that when she got in there, you see the smiley face sticker. Yeah. That she knew it was Eddie. By the way, that sticker's also on the fridge in uh, Gremlins, I think they said. <laughs> so, I feel uh, like that's um, kind of like a, an effort to make some kind of icon, and I wish it was something else other yeah. than the smiley face, because that, of course, makes you think of all kinds of other things and like just the regular smiley face from... But if it was something else, because it's almost like it's this not calling card, but like, you know, it was at the it was at the porn box. It the was, phone you know, booth. at the at the phone booth. So <clears throat> the phone booth. Know to go there. there. And you kind of wish it was maybe something else unique to this movie, like something right. that would, uh, you know, you would associate only with this movie. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like that attack scene. But again, we're here's where we're uh, this is a. a we've mentioned how long the transformation scene is. This is another, and there's some other points later. Maybe this is just a, you know, we're, we're watching this through a modern lens of, you know, filmmaking, but like the timing on some of these action or I'm calling them action scenes like the attack. They drag and, and, and it's like, I'm in the action. I shouldn't feel like I'm waiting for it to move on. And, and, you know, she's, climbs up under the deck or whatever and it's attacking her where she chops the arm and stuff like that which i love the arm chop i love the effects of the arm but yeah there's a lot of reaction from her showing the monster reaction from her showing the monster reaction and you're just like okay like let's get going and i i that maybe that's just a modern timing thing that hasn't aged you know well but i i felt that in the transformation i felt that in the attack in the office well i, I feel like they handle of... it 
I feel like they handle it better with Terry in 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 the the arm chopping stuff. Like it's when you get to the the medical facility and she's calling Chris, and then the the werewolf busts in again. Like the whole interaction with Terry, I don't mind. It's when you have Karen coming and finding Terry dead, and then Eddie shows up, and it's Eddie's whole transformation. She could have went fucking shopping, saw yeah. a movie, fucking <laughs> like and she could have been gone and come back in the time that he fucking transforms in front of her. Now she was frozen in fear. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead to that because I want to talk about the fact of how you know they're werewolves, you know, and they always talk about they're they're mindless creatures. They eat when she goes there, it hits the tape player. As a werewolf to record what's going on. Like a gremlin would. Like a gremlin would. And then she's calling. But the best thing was she's going through the files and you see it go. Picks the file up. And then you see this huge freaking eight foot werewolf right here. And like you said, right out in the open, well lit. Yeah. Right in that doctor's office, right there. And that dude, that scared the shit out of me as a kid. When you see it grab. But there's the tone there like, too, like that. Watching that now, that shit's funny when he just grabs yeah. the file like that. Well, that's like the the yeah, that's re- it is funny, and and it feels completely different from that first part of the movie where it it's like serious. this weird snuff film serial killer guy. Yeah. Now it's like I'll take that. <laughs> oh, werewolf. Uh, you will not be looking at that file. The, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's the pretty fact funny. that, and the fact that, how long does it take the werewolf to kill her? He picks her up by the throat and just holds her there, looking at her in the face like this, which is cool because I mean, you really get some detail in the looks of the werewolf yeah. right there. You're looking right in the face. There's no side angle, just eye shot, or no, you're getting the whole thing with the big long, long ears. And then he finally bites her. And then next, you know, like you said, you get Karen running to the doctor's office and then that whole sequence. And I know you guys, like you said, well, I guess we'll talk about that right now, but I still think it is a scarier moment than when uh, it happens in American werewolf in London, when he changes, I do think the transformation is a better one, but I think as far as a horror movie goes, this scared the shit out of me as a kid but american werewolf it was i was kind of laughing because of the whole music playing in the background and everything and i'm just like i agree this is played more for scares than the other one yeah yeah Yeah. i i yeah Yeah. i mean from a technical standpoint the other one's better but i i see what you're saying yeah i mean the balloon the, the bladder work going on in his face is absolutely over the top i'd heard rumors about this the what was new about this makeup, the sort of bladder effect that they glued little airbags to your skin and then basically put a copy of your own skin, in other words, a, a, a latex mask that had been molded on your own face over the little bags. Well, I didn't know that the bags would be condoms. A little bladder goes a long way, we discovered. We were, we were bladder but wiser when we were finished. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's way too much of that shit going on, and it makes it look really goofy. Yeah. Well, there's, um, yeah, there's... Josh, can you just put that right here? The image of uh, his face at yeah. that midpoint where it's just like, yeah, <laughs> like, he, looks like the, he looks like the Joker. He's like the Joker right here. He's, he's the Joker wolf is what he But is. again, there's there's yeah, he does look goofy sometimes, but there's goofiness in this movie that so you're like, OK, well, maybe that's just like a Joe Dante thing. Like maybe it's just a like a, a, a tone that they don't mind being kind of 
over the top goofy here which would be fine if they established that at the beginning somehow but the beginning like you said earlier is so dark and dingy and 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 different from where the rest of the movie goes the beginning is gritty yeah the rest of the movie is not gritty yeah dude it's almost like the beginning is like henry the portrait of a serial killer and then it becomes gremlins yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I don't have anything to compare to. I haven't watched Henry yet, so. I haven't seen Henry either. Oh, my God, what the? I quit. I quit. The beginning is seven, (laughs) and the rest is Gremlins. Yeah, that is kind of what it's like. And 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 everything's nice, but I like it, too. It's changing, because in a lot of uh, werewolf movies, it's just, you know, you see the foam stretching and everything. Dude, we get gooey. Like some thing yeah. gooey here, <laughs> not rolling out saliva stuff. I like goo. I've said on this podcast, I love goo. Well, the reason I would say Amer- American Werewolf, I think the American Werewolf transformation is technically better and just better in general because just the whole fact that you've got Karen standing there watching this happen and you can say that she's frozen in fear watching Dude, it. She can't, I mean, think about it. If that was happening in front of you. You're pissing and shitting yourself. You're not moving. No, no. If, if that's happening in front of me, I'm, I'm running. I'm not watching the show. Josh, you, you have an excellent point. That makes it take longer because we're cutting back to her multiple times. Right. And I swear there's a cut to her where she looks bored. She's like, <laughs> like, she's like, ah, and then it's him and then it's, and then him and it's like <laughs> she's tapping her tapping her watch. Yeah. Like, huh. and then him again, and then she's back to go, ah! and, the, and the the main reason I'd say American Werewolf is better is because you're just simply watching this guy transform into a werewolf. There's no stakes there other than the fact that you're watching him transform. Like there's no one there for him to to murder. He has to go out and do that. She's standing right there watching this happen. That's what makes it a little more weird and kind of just eh, nudges it out of that spot for me. Yeah. And then like I said, in my complaint, like I said earlier, and you're talking about werewolf movies, the reason I like the howling is because when he changes, he looks like a werewolf. He's standing on two legs, yeah, like a man, and yep. he looks like a wolf. Where an American werewolf, he looks more like a were dog. He's yeah. on four legs, more wolf like, hardly any human. He's just huge. Yeah. I, I will agree. I don't love the f- like the final design of the American werewolf in London as much as this. So I'll give you that right here. This bump. Bam, bam. <laughs> Just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> no, and that's, and that's fine. Um, but I, I, another thing I do like about Eddie though, is like, I like when you see Eddie, like he still has the gunshot wound in his head. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. how he jerk pulls out the one in his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. He sticks his good. finger in there. <sighs> I like his sort of like, yeah, deformed version too. We get of him in the doorway. But, oh yeah, after she throws the acid on him when he gets yeah, full, that's yeah. the thing. He is fully changed. And then I'm gonna grab the acid and throw it on him. Yeah, I would have threw that shit on him while he was trying to do it. If I knew that there was acid right there. So. Okay, well, Jason, whose tagline is it anyway? Okay. Another uh, segment of taglines. I write some. Hollywood writes some. Let's see if these two idiots can figure out who did which. Okay. It's a game where the taglines are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. Well, it just matters for the night. I'm not keeping running a tab anymore. <laughs> so. He caved. I win. He finally fucking caved. Gosh, the what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to reverse psychology him into doing it again. I'm going to do it again because now (laughs) I'm keeping points. Change my mind. 
<laughs> Review the old footage. Oh, let's see. All right, here we go. Imagine your worst fear a reality. It's real. Fake. It's real. Ah! Loser! God! Loser! Loser! Okay. Oh, let's see. Noxious. The horror begins when the howling starts. It's fake. Yeah, that's fake. It is fake. <laughs> <laughs> the beast is released. <laughs> I'm going to say fake. I say fake. It is fake. It's <laughs> a purge, man. The next one's going to be the next one's going to be unleash the beast. <laughs> oh, but I I didn't even write them all down that they had. And some of them are way worse than this. And I don't know if they were from the re-releases or maybe because sometimes when they put taglines on here, they actually put taglines from sequels. I don't know why it is, and I'm like, this is horrible. Nah. All right. Uh, they're out there, dot, 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 and you're in the middle of your worst nightmare. Well, we've had two Jason ones in a row, so I'm gonna. Th I'm thinking it's a real one this time. Uh, I did the I just, dot, I, dot, dot. <laughs> I need Eric. to I need to try to gain ground on Josh. So I'm going to go. I'm going to say Jason wrote this one. Hollywood wrote it. Damn it. Now I'm fucked. <laughs> sometimes I play to win, dude. I don't I don't play to lose close. I play to win. So sometimes I got to take some risks. Well, you're losing. I know the inhuman fear that is the howling. He said this one way too, like, matter-of-factly, so I'm thinking it's real, but it could be fake. So what's your answer? I'm going to go fake. I'm going to go real. It's fake. Ah! God damn it. But you got to admit, that was a good one. You're never going to beat me, Eric. <laughs> I, I, You're right. I think I've only beat you a couple times. I suck. It's the only thing anybody can like I can I could like ever challenge anybody on is movie knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. All of your nightmares are about to be transformed into one single inescapable nightmare. That's too long to be made up. I think it's real. I'll say it's fake. I need a point. It's real. I needed a point. I had to take All a right. stab at it. Here's the hard one, guys. You ready? Last one. Not over. No, actually, no. Actually, no. There's two more. Sorry. <laughs> part human, part wolf, dot, dot, dot. All terror. That's fake. That's got to be fake. I, I agree with you, Eric. Fake. It is fake. <laughs> Dude, you do know if you answer first, Eric, and you say it's fake, he's going to say that because he doesn't want to lose. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm aware uh, of the strategy here. I have no strategy. I am just going off the cuff. Okay. And here we go. The last one. I mean, this one took me a while, right? To figure out 
horror just got hairy. <laughs> well, considering you just gave away that you I wrote know. this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired of writing all of you. So, yeah, you both got a point on that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh wins eight to four. <laughs> so, Josh won. Give yourself Yay! a round of applause, Josh. Good job, Josh. Good job, Josh. My, fe- my fellow werewolf people. Good job, Eric. Good, good job. job at not, sucking. Not good. Good loss there, Eric. I lose well oh, oh. with dignity. It's oh. a werewolf. It's a werewolf pup. Oh. Well, we find out at this point with the whole when Karen got there and all that stuff that the doctor was in on all of it. Mm-hmm. We find that out, so that's why he lured them there and stuff like that. Well, now yes. Chris has now made it to the colony. Chris is much more of a badass than we ever thought. Chris Hell is a yeah. badass. Wait, wait, wait. Chris rolls up on a on a on a commune of werewolves and beats all their asses. I got my rifle. He stole the silver bullet. No, no, he did pay for them, but he just ran out the door from Walter. He named his own his price. Fella, those are real silver. I gotta check him with a jeweler to find out what the judge bill me. When he said that, I almost wonder if they were trying to say that the the bullets might not have been silver, and he showed up and he had his ass handed to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, "I haven't figured out what what grade of silver or whatever." As he runs out the door, and I'm like, "Oh, what if he was trying to make it out to where the bullets weren't silver?" Yeah. How many uh, how many werewolves die because they're just too overconfident that he doesn't have silver bullets? Yeah, these like are some two or three. Hot. They they keep walking up to him and they're like. They see their buddy just got dropped and they just want to walk right up to him. Like, you can't shoot me. I guess they're just really cocky. You know, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're at the top of the food chain. They're going to take these people out. Like, It seems ridiculous that they would be that, you know, throw that much caution to the wind. But I guess, I guess silver bullets aren't that common. I don't know. They certainly are not. You, you, I guess, yeah, you're right. They would not expect that he would be able to pick some up at his local bookstore. Right. <laughs> well, the first one he takes out is Eddie. Cause remember he shows up, man, everything's happening in that doctor's office. Yeah. Cause Chris gets there. I love how Eddie knocks the window out and grabs the gun from him. And then Eddie is so confident. Like you said, confident. He hands the gun back to him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to He had it me? in the bag. <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. But. But then, yeah, we roll up on the whole werewolf council shit going on. And that's where, like y'all were talking about earlier, where the doctor wants to be civilized, live with man, eat cows. We should have stuck with the old ways, raising cattle for our feed. Where's the life in that? The humans are our cattle. Humans are our prey. We should feed on them like we always done. Screw all this channel, your energy crap. My favorite is when they reveal that the <laughs> sheriff is, and he's got the fucking teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... yeah. Well, they all, even the, the, the guy, noble guy, the guy from Walker, Texas Ranger yeah. guy uh, has his teeth and everything. But I think, all right, I want to know who is the actual leader of this because you always have a leader. You got to have a, it's usually an alpha, which is usually a male. And then you have the lead female. So you obviously know Marsha is but would would eddie have been the well it seems like wagner's in charge and they sort of like have a mutiny well that's what i vibe that i get that's what i think they're setting up is marcia is the one trying to lead them this way and he's trying to lead them the other i think that's where you've got the two the two problems i think marcia is the one who's like 
leading the pack. And I think you get that from obviously yeah, how all, the movie ends. But right, they all side with Marsha, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, who turned who? Well, I mean that I don't think that's really all that important. I mean, well, I just want to know. I mean, like, was Marsha the one? I mean, because her and TC look like old school, and then well, everybody else is wearing regular with, clothes. With all the teeth and the and the and the way this all this almost feels more like a vampire movie than a werewolf movie. I mean, it could work guys, as a vampire movie as well. Yeah. I mean, they're they're turning people. They've the the sort of debate about how to survive is a vampire thing. The you know when they reveal themselves as not being human they all have basically vampire teeth i mean this no could no, no, very... no 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 they don't have vampire teeth okay it's a different tooth or something no because they got two vampires only have teeth on the top they don't have teeth coming up out of the bottom i see okay but you, you see my point <laughs> they're, they're, you get right they're kind of you know just the way that it's like a community and all this yeah. stuff it kind of feels vampire-y yeah not that I that's can... a criticism i'm just saying it makes me think of vampire movies you know, almost more so than werewolf other than the whole werewolf thing. It's a little convenient that there's one door into the barn. Literally no barn ever has one door here. They do. Maybe they have it all closed up so that they can corner their prey or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for answers here, but it's pretty easy. They, he kind of makes them back up into the barn, closes it, lights it on fire. You're done. Kill the whole town. Except for, you know, some pickings, but oh but he, and uh but he no, gets they, they, a lot of them get out, obviously, because after Pop, they only, only Marsha gets out, right? Well yeah, they, but but there's more, like I said, we get where Chris shot all of them out front and they're dead, which is cool because if you notice Dr. Wagner said he's basically like saying thank you. Kind of yeah. like the where the wolfman and monster squad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He wanted it to be over. The old yeah. man, Earl. Old, Earl wanted yeah. it to be over at the beginning of the movie. He was ready yeah. to jump in the fire. He was like, "I'm done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he gives everybody. They do the whole thing when they lock them in there, and it's just convenient that you know there's always always a gas can right outside the barn. Yeah, let's <laughs> burn it down. Uh, we do that, but they go to drive away. But and, and like I said, the whole thing with Slim Pickens that they. they the whole gunfire exchange with him, but then all these werewolves come out of nowhere. I mean, they, I thought they were all locked in the barn burning and they say, no, it's like 10, 12 werewolves jumping on the car, chasing them around. I mean, I, I think like, it would be more f- like three to five. No, there's a bunch of them at one time. Cause remember, you keep need to review the footage. Well, I was I, a little taken aback by they're it. At like every window, but I don't know. There's, I don't know. Well, there's a weird shot because I was a little taken aback by this because it cuts to the hands on the windshield. Yeah. And you've got two hands on one side and then another one over here. And I was like, did this did this fucking werewolf grow an extra fucking arm? Like it, it's really weird the way they lay it out. But then yeah, like you're they show you that there's more than one werewolf there. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's a little confusing the way they yeah, play all this out. Because you had werewolves when he was in the Mazda. Yeah, that were attacking. They- that was a sweet Mazda, by the way. Come on, take come it easy, on. pal. You know, uh, not all of us have got enough money for a Mazda. Some of us have to work for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, back in the day, yeah, rotary yeah. engines, awesome. Uh, then they they take on Slim Pickens, shoot him. They get in the cop car, and then it's like they show. There's one here. There's one at the back glass. There's one over here. I've been mean, seeing. He already shot some yeah. when he was in the Mazda. I'm talking about combined between both vehicles. I see. That's a bunch of werewolves. Yeah. Now you're talking about combined between both vehicles. I see. Yeah. I'm just I, like, man, I, I, why didn't I realize that before? Almost, I almost wonder if they weren't all in the barn and that's just the, the rest of the pack that was not out and they're 
going to help out their buddies and try to kill these two people that are shooting them. Here we have another example of where the, the action drags, where he can't start the car. Yeah. Like, it goes on way too long. And I, again, I'm asking myself, is this a joke? I can't tell if this is a gag or if it's just a weird timing thing and they're trying to draw out whatever they can from it. But yeah, it's like this man cannot start the car. You know, back in Ever. the 80s, they had, you know, back in the 80s, it was the car not starting as to where now it's cell phone signals. Like we have to get rid of cell phone signals <laughs> yeah. somehow. In the 80s, it was just, oh, well, we can't get him somewhere. We got to make the car not be able to start. That's the, that's our best way to get yeah, out. Nowadays, you hit it. No signal. Oh, shit. Yeah. No signal. Oh, my God. I got no. Oh, my, my phone died. I love I how no it's charge. become this thing where you have to explain the continuity of cell phones not working in movies now it's like right. oh we're way out here in the middle of nowhere i have Can't no signal. signal yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid what a waste of time we have to yeah that's why i like period movies just uh, how did the cop drive the car there and turn it off i mean it obviously starts why didn't it start for them yeah right. well okay Come on. now i'm a little fuzzy on how the attack on the cop car happens but how the fuck did bill get in the back of this car he come, he busted in the back glass, dude. You didn't see that? I thought yeah, he busted the back glass and got into the car. I thought they shot the one that got in the back glass and then he appears. Yeah, no, he goes into the back as they start to drive away. I could have swore I saw another wolf go in the I back can't glass. I remember. See, I, I'm going to take Jason's word for this. I feel I like mean, Jason has seen this movie way more than either one of us. I so. could have, yeah, I could swear that I saw somebody else come in that back glass, but it's, I think it's really cool that. The wolf that bites her was fucking Bill. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, after their exchange with him slapping the shit out of her earlier in the movie, which, yeah, never hit a lady, guys. Don't do it. No, that's where, well, that's where if you, if you weren't on any kind of, if you didn't have a, a good feeling about Bill, you lost any kind of feeling, good feeling about Bill when he smacks was, the shit out of her. This was after like he was bitten, right? So he's, yes. yeah, like, yeah, he, turning he was bitten into and he a had werewolf the, at this point. Yeah, and he had the scratch marks on his back. Yeah. right from okay yeah quick question about that part all right he's putting the bandage back on his arm but it's healing it's healed but right. yet the the scratches didn't heal after he changed because she scratched him while he was changing by werewolf mythology he should have been healed <laughs> he should not have had scratching yeah. marks on Good his back point. excellent make a point. great point continuity great point. error yeah literally <laughs> but after this we get <laughs> Back to the TV station, back in the city, and again, I'm captivated by the way they end this movie. Yeah, like I, I love being back in the city, back in the back in the studio. We're about to go live. Like suddenly, I feel this sense of urgency again. All of a sudden, something yeah. big's about to happen. Uh, yeah, I love this stuff. In the I, I would love if it was all. I mean, that's a whole nother movie, but I do love the city stuff. I love yeah. the 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 TV station stuff, uh, going off script, right? You know, and of course she reveals it to the world, right? And I think you know if you would have kept this movie in the city setting like we discussed earlier, and then this you still ended it the way you end it here, like the ending of this movie is the ballsiest part of it to me. Like I think it's a downer of an ending. It, it doesn't leave you with a, a nice happy ending. We were kind of discussing that earlier. And, you know, the fact that, you know, our hero that we've watched throughout this entire movie has to be sacrificed for the world to know. I really love that about this movie. Now, let's talk about Karen's werewolf form. 
You mean the Pomeranian? Oh my God. <laughs> the little fuzzball with the little bitty nose. And again, bladder work, the bladder work on the nose where she's just got the nose going. Like <laughs> she's they, a cute werewolf, man. I know, dude. That I was is... waiting for them to put a little pink bow. At yeah. The top. yeah. Put the little pink bow in there. It's that like the dad perfect. werewolf in, in Teen Wolf, where he looks kind of like yeah. cuddly, like a teddy bear. An explanation is probably long overdue. <laughs> but no, like, I think that ending has so much going for it. And then you cut to that shot of her, and I'm like, <laughs> like, it just kind of ruins the moment for me. But a that's bit. not the ending ending. I know. But I agree, it undercuts it because it doesn't look and I, good. And I love how they cut the commercial, and it's a dog food. Dog food. <laughs> that shit's so funny. <laughs> I laugh my ass off. Oh, God. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but it's, but like you said, yeah, it's a downer. It's, it's almost like she's trying to tell the world. It's kind of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers type thing. Yeah. Or even uh, Halloween 3. Yeah. You know, yeah. Try to, and, yeah. but then people play it off as, oh, it was a gag. You know, she really didn't change into a werewolf on. It TV. is funny and at the bar. You got the people like not believing it. Yeah. Well, even I, the people that are showing at home. What are you kids watching? The newsletter's turned into a werewolf. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. But I like the one guy. He's like, no, she turned into a werewolf. Yeah, the old guy. He believed it. Yeah, he's and like, he's like no, you're happened. three, you're three sheets to the wind. Doesn't mean it wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, then we go you, down the bar. Why don't you throw on a pepper steak for me and the lady here? <laughs> no, no, a pepper steak for me and a hamburger for the lady. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she then, yeah, she orders it rare. How do you want that? Rare. <laughs> and then you have the, the credits <laughs> with the sizzling burger on the flat top, which I do enjoy. Makes Although he did hungry. not wait for a very good sear before flipping. Dude, I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> you don't flip that burger until it don't stick. Yeah, he totally, like, it, it was an actor, not a real fry Man. cook. He didn't put that, that spatula burger. underneath it and it holds. Nope. Yeah, he a little got, bit longer. He he a little, little longer. It. You got to get those bits out from under there. Yeah, yeah. This guy he was didn't not smash a good, it uh, down hard enough. Like he, that dude does not know how to do no. a smash burger. It's, it's no, not, no, that's not a smash burger. I don't want to. I want a big, no, you don't big cook, juicy yeah, hamburger. I mean, I wasn't gonna say, but you're Jason's right. That's not a smash burger, obviously, and you wouldn't cook cook a smash burger rare. You couldn't be impossible. But that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, the it, point is, it's a poorly cooked burger and. uh but I do like the the image of the meat frying, yeah. With our with our uh, our credits rolling, I do okay. like how it kind of ends on that. It's just kind of like an I don't know. Again, it's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you got meat on the thing. Uh, you got all the seriousness going on at the beginning, kind of here at the end, and now we're gonna zoom in on a hamburger cooking. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just kind of back and forth on the tone, but uh, I like both things independently of each other but i it's weird how it switches back and forth but yeah, yeah. did anybody watch the post-credit scenes didn't know there was any post-credit scene no i no i didn't the post-credit scene is from the wolfman 1941 where the gypsies talking to uh uh lon cheney jr's character uh what's his name talbot or whatever and it says uh Go on now. Only heaven can help you. It's when she tells him when he finds out he's been bitten. And I guess that's kind of just the little thing at the end. Because they had it playing in the movie when Chris and Terry are watching it. 
And then he had the cut where she's trying to explain to him that if you've been bitten, heaven help you. And then you have this. Yeah. So they really did a lot of the Wolfman 1941 segments in this movie. Yeah, I did not. But know yeah, that. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that for years until one day I was just letting it play, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" 1981, yeah. we had post-credit scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so. always fun. Little nugget there. Yeah. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to howl, damn it. All right, Jason, your pick, you're starting. Oh, the good. Still a top five werewolf classic, at least mine. And I don't, I think a lot of people, you look up top werewolf movies, this is always up there. Uh, the practical effects, like the hand changing, the not all of the Eddie's transformation, but the majority of it. I mean, it did take a long time. But the look at it when the, the nose is growing outward, the ears pop out, even his fingers as they're like extending and you get goo coming out of I them, like the goo the, coming out I of like that. I like the finger extension, like the, the, the fingernails coming yeah, out. Yeah, they didn't just keep them like normal hands and then fingernails. I mean, no, like the fingers grow, you know, that, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, the overall look of the finished werewolf looks like a werewolf, like it should. You know, it's man and wolf as one, not a dog running around wolf. Yeah, yeah 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 uh and it, i mean it scared me when i was a kid it scared me more than american werewolf in london did and i mean that as you know as adult and watching horror movies like josh here we're desensitized to them they don't scare me so you like to hold on to the memories of when you were a kid watching it that you know you feel sure. that deep down a little bit like a tiny bit of fear and it feels good and when you i watch this other than all the funny shit that happens and corny stuff this parts of it, you know, it's just like I can remember that little Jason being scared to watch this movie, but that's why you watched him. You wanted to be terrified. You wanted to not go outside to have to run to the shed to get something because you're scared the Wolfman's out in the fucking shed waiting on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, definitely uh, the bad acting. You know, D. Wallace. Some a lot of the other people in this movie acting was not great. Uh, it's just. Like you said, there are parts of the movie that just looks like she was just phoning it in. Mm -hmm. She was like, ah, it's okay. I'm just going to do this movie. I'm getting a paycheck. Uh, same thing with, like, Bill and all that stuff. Uh, of course, Bill, he's also bad. You know, yeah. Slapping around his wife and all that shit. Uh, the Karen transformation at the end. It's pretty bad. So, And then my ugly is the same thing that I talk about and most people who love this movie the fucking doggy style animation sex scene in the fucking woods. We could have cut that out. We could cut it out now. I think Joe Dante needs to go back and do a different cut of this and just take that out. And it would actually improve that whole few minutes of that section of the movie. And it would, it would help. So, but that's my ugly. So. Alrighty, Eric. Uh, <clears throat> my good is the paw to hand transformation. Uh, I love that. And the file grab moment. <laughs> um, bad is the feral guy with running around the circus music playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, ugly is cute wolf at the end. Cute wolf doesn't really sell like the threat of werewolves. Right. You, you turn and you're still cute so well, that's mine 
Mine kind of mirror Jason's a little bit. I'd said the makeup effects and the jump cut to the dog food when they shoot Karen at the end. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And just the, the ending in general, I love, I love what the ending represents. However, my bad is Karen as a werewolf. Don't like Karen's werewolf transformation. Yeah, and and ugly, really ugly is the animation of werewolves having sex. Don't like it. It's bad. They were doing it doggy style. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our conversation about the howling. Jason, are you happy you got to hang out with your werewolf friends for a little while? Yes. All my werewolf friends that, you know, there's so many of us out there. Uh, so many. I'll, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I mean, I know that a whole like three or four people who might like <laughs> this episode are like werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> I hope more people watch it. I try to keep pushing for more werewolf movies and uh, stuff like that. We'll keep doing them. And you're getting them. I have to do them without Eric because I think I'm burning him out. So, so he doesn't understand. I the burned wolfiness. out a long time ago, dude. Yeah, he doesn't understand the wolfiness. I mean, look at me and Josh. He just, he don't get it. So no, I don't get it. Well, that's going to do it for our discussion about the howling. Tell us what you think about the howling. Do you like it? Do you think it's stupid? Do you think the transformation scene is good? Do you think the transformation scene is bad? Let us know in the comments below. We'd love to talk with you about it. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. So, you know, we're putting out new videos. We'll be back with our next episode. We're going back to David Cronenberg land and we will talk to you next time. Be kind. Rewind. 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 Man, Josh just like said it without us. I mean, see, look, he's already cutting us out of the show. He don't even care. All right. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I don't care.